Welcome to New Persuasive Words, a podcast of hope-seeking understanding. Join Scott Jones and Bill Bohr for an ongoing conversation about theology, culture, and politics. Funny, contentious, outrageous, there's something for everyone. And now, your hosts. Welcome back to New Persuasive Words. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr. And we are coming to you, both of us from the Northeast region, where we are being assaulted, eviscerated by Omicron, which was actually a transformer. <laughs> yeah, I do. I uh, I uh, remember my kids playing with that. So he was one of the ones I loved those when they eventually like were trying to figure out new things to do, and they would have the the transformers that would like five of the transformers could get together and make one right. big one, like the Dinobots. Yeah. Made one. Um, the, the and this guy, I forget who, but Omicron was one of the big ones. Yeah, yeah. And then they mutated and became the Freedom Caucus, I think. Exactly. <laughs> Look, whoops. That's uh, I, I, there's a lot of Transformers that would take offense at that. Uh, okay. Well, okay. All right. So my first apology. Well, it could be my last apology for 2021, and my first apology of this episode, which I, I have a feeling will not be my last. Uh, to any of you. Uh, Transformers out there, if it took offense to my last statement, I apologize. Well, this is my idea, okay? Instead of going by Greek alphabet designations for the uh, for the for the virus, because I think, look, most people, you know, classical education ain't what it used to be. Most people aren't very familiar right. with with. We should go by bands or bands, or how about Confederate generals? Well, I because I was thinking of bands because I'm like, look, with O, you could go instead of Omicron, you could go with or. Yeah, that's nice. Oasis, Offspring. Oasis would be a Oasis would be a wonderful virus. Actually. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. This could be the Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne. Well, we should wait for the one that's going to kill most people. That should be the Ozzy or the one that kills itself. So then, after this one, we could we could have Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam would be nice. Uh, uh, police, the Pretenders. Uh, we could have placebo. Placebo, Purple Haze. Yeah. Purple Haze. Purple Haze is a yeah is a song. A song, right, right. By. Dun, 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 dun. What about Program the Dead? Oh, very nice. Fronted by singer Matt Caruba. Here, look at you. Right, what so- about okay? If we went to Z, what would we get to? There's no bands. Let's ZZ up. Top. ZZ Top. Right. I can't right. believe there's no ZZ Top. Y would be like the Yardbirds. Yeah, yeah, very good. W, the Who would be the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, but we could call it White Stripes, the White Stripes variant. Or everybody, Wong Chang, Wong Chang tonight. <laughs> everybody, Wong Chang. Wait, now who sang Wong Chang? That was um, that was the game. That was their name in the band. I thought that was the that is the name and the song. I think that's the name of the band and the song. I think. I say that everybody Wang Chang. I think that was by everybody. I think it's Wang Chang. I think that's their name. I think the band is the song. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, you're right. Yeah. Well, ding, the, ding, the, ding. The, <laughs> the, the the song title is Everybody Have Fun Tonight, and the band that's is that, Wang is Wang Everybody Chung. Wang Chang Tonight. Yeah, they throw their name in there. Very nice. Yeah, very nice. There we go, everybody. Just a little bit of some different ways. And if you want to email us and come up with other creative ways we can name the virus, because, hey, if we're going to be – we might be um, – in a pandemic, but it doesn't have to. Ha- it doesn't have to feel like it. We can have a little fun with it. Yeah. Well. I, all right. I guess you know. And the other thing too is, it could be something we could do with all those statues that are hanging around out there. Each if we if we did the Confederate generals. I'm I'm just saying. 
Yeah, exactly. Because now we have a thing to do with this with these uh, with these generals that are getting torn down. Yeah, I I, I think it's got some potential. I think it, I want B. If there's a B, I want B to Beauregard. That would be hard to spell. Beauregard is t- uh, what about Pickett? P next could Pickett. Pickett's Pickett charge. Be yeah, Pickett. He's was a good one. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Could you think they could sell? I I feel like there's enough people. I feel like not only could you tear down the Confederate journals, you could do a fundraiser because I bet you there are a lot of people that would buy those. Yeah, no, I think it would. It could tie the room together. And I, exactly. yeah. it really ties the room together. Now, but seriously, you think of some people in these like big estates down south, mm-hmm. they have a little bit of you know Confederate nostalgia. Can you imagine one of these big estates and right by in the middle of your fountain or something, you've got like Beauregard, like just. Well, apparently there was a there was a. Um, in the square of my hometown, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, there was a Union soldier facing south. And periodically, I think every 20 years, some drunk driver runs into the <laughs> Union soldier. So, uh, well, one year, I remember as a kid, one year, they always would decorate the fountain. They put too much decoration and took down the fountain. It's actually a pretty cool fountain. But I I, I have been following, periodically, I get, uh, uh, you know, uh, postcards from the edge. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, apparently the Union soldier took a hit this this year. So a um, lot of uh, so we we hope that we can we will rebuild. I think I don't remember. You take him to the VFW, huh? What? <laughs> so you take him to the VFW after that? I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the you know, I bet you didn't have to buy a drink that night. Yeah, yeah. Do you by know way, that's? Do you he did know do that's... A, by the way, he did do a very good job because the Confederates burned down Chambersburg, but that's a different story. Do you know that's where the term red tape comes from? Uh, no. When when the Union soldiers went to D.C. to get their pensions, yeah, they would have to go, and there was these like enormous lines, and they'd have to go prove that they were that they served, and of course these bureaucrats would disappear, and the records were all bound in red tape. Uh, very good. Yeah, it is. Or you know, we can go back to the Revolutionary War. Um, uh, Congress is much better at declaring wars uh, <laughs> than paying soldiers than paying soldiers or taking care of them after the fact. Right. So anyway, that, that at least we've been consistent. We've been consistent from the beginning on that one. This is a lot of education you're getting here. We're getting a lot of stuff. Um, Everybody know. just, you know, so feel free to contribute. You know, by the way, uh, I like my, by the way, I like my union statues, statues who don't get hit by drunk drivers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a big loser. He got hit by a drunk driver. I mean, <laughs> the guy can't even move. Know, he's not know. on horseback well, hey you know if you've been standing looking in the same direction you know for 150 years you'd have trouble moving as well so i I've let been- me ask you this bill here's a question i have for you i was in a i was in a discussion on the clubhouse app with some friends and we were talking about jeopardy mm-hmm. and the lamentable fact that if you win jeopardy you generally get the lowest payout of any game show like like you could be a five-time jeopardy winner and not right. actually get that much money and you're clearly, if you win Jeopardy, you're clearly smart. You, yeah. you know some things, right? Whereas Wheel of Fortune, some other things, you don't have to be the sharpest on the shit. No, no. But what is your nightmare category? Like if you're on Jeopardy and a category comes up, what are you just avoiding? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, what was yours? Give me a little time to think. Uh, I like botany. Uh, botany's tough. Botany yeah. would be tough for me. I think um, composers. Yeah, I'm pretty good at composers. Um, Bonnie would Bonnie would be tough. 
Uh, we both would pre- do pretty good at potent potables. <laughs> we, we do okay with that one. Yeah, there, periodically there's like there's my one dream. Stuff. My dream category is Sean Spicer because I watched every Fox Conversation I ever did. Yeah, I'm not too good with fashion. Um, fashion would be tough. Fashion would be tough for me. Um, yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Yeah, fa- I would do well with fashion. Uh, yeah, my, my wife could probably give me some. Some things I'd be bad at. Uh, uh, finding my way through Target. Is that <laughs> I, like, So I think you'd do well with food. Food would be good. Food you'd do well with any general histor- historical category. American presidents. Right. Like World War II. I mean, these are things, you the know. War, so I would do fine with the war. Probably the words of botany, I think, would be tough for me. I think would be um, geology. Geology, I would have a tough time with. Yeah, geology. I get all those ages confused. Um, so geology might be a chemistry. I, I would be better. Stuff. I would be. I would be better at geology than chemistry. But I, uh, yeah. So well, that's interesting. I, uh, you know, I tried out for Jeopardy one time, and it was one of the hardest tests I ever took. And you had to get eight out of ten questions to move to the next. And I got seven out of ten, and there was something like fourteenth-century Italian poets, and it wasn't, you know. Uh, it was something, and it, it, it wasn't Dante. That's all I know. <laughs> I took the practice test. So yeah. the first thing they recommend is take the practice test. And I took the practice test, and I was like, "Not for me, dude. Not yeah. for me. I'm not." Hey, by, by the way, we're not. People can't see what we're doing, right? No, we cannot. So if, I, if I take a sip of this wine, no one will know. No, I can see it. Very, very subtle. No, no one knows. Now it's funny because I had I've had this guy on a give and take before. Tom Nichols, five time Jeopardy winner. Tom Nichols. Yeah. Me Tom. Tom. Yeah. Me he, too. Yeah, the, yeah, he's been on Give and Take. Um, really good guy, a great guest. He's hilarious. He's a really right. funny guy. Um, he's a five-time Jeopardy winner. Wow. Yeah. Been, he, what stage of his life was that? Uh, I don't know. Like, um, like this has got to be like, I, I don't know. Okay, so it's post-Ken Jennings, okay, because Ken Jennings was when they limited it to five Right. wins right um so i don't know it's got to be 10 like what I, that's got to be within the past 20 15 years or so oh, Ken Jennings. wow interesting yeah but he yeah. said it's funny because he said you know that guy teaches at the navy war college right um, no wrote yeah. a really funny guy and he said you know this woman says uh my uh my daughters in the audience and you wouldn't want a daughter to see her mother lose on tv and he turns there and says well I just got married and my new bride is in the audience. And look, if you lose, your daughter's still going to love you. But if my f- new bride sees me lose, she might leave me. What do you think of that? He's like, don't play psyops with me. I'm <laughs> 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 from the Navy workhouse. But he, but he said, though, it's interesting. He said this on the podcast. And it's like, he said, once you win one time, you have such an advantage over the new challengers because you get the, he's like, the thing is you look at the lights, don't look at Trebek. He's like, every time you win, you have such an advantage over the people the next time because of timing. Right. Like you learn the timing of the buzzer. By the way, you know, we, uh, when I was growing up in my church, we had Bible quizzing and competing, but, and you had, you sat on a little pad and you jumped up. Did you ever do that? And it was, no, I had friends that did it. It was in college. Yeah, we went to uh, we went. To, I was on the Pennsylvania All Star team with Bible quizzing. So, yeah, I, so that quick thinking, quick is how you can think quick and not getting nervous and things like that. And you literally, if you jumped up too soon, you had to complete the question just like Jeopardy. So I love that. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I, I learned I learned a lot of Bible because of it. 
You guys, this is potpourri. You're learning a lot here. This is a real showcase. There's a Bill showcase knows. of uh, Bill irrelevant knowledge. Like we've been to us, we could talk all night about things that are really of little relevance to. to only, we have only you and I are interested in, but it keeps us. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. We love it. We love it. Right. So you had talked about you on another podcast that did a year in review, and we thought we should do something similar. Yeah. So, let's say. What do you think about this year? Other than it's it's it's. Uh, there was a, I saw a meme of the Queen today, you know, like like in her position, uh, you know, about to give her Christmas address, and and the and the caption was, "Well, where the f do I start?" <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. my, husband, my husband died. We'll start there, exactly. Right? Yeah, and things uh, are go- things aren't so going so well with the grands. Right? Yeah, no, <laughs> it's a very it's a very tough. Uh, yeah, and the, and this and the you know it's just when it seemed like we were kind of maybe well, getting out of the woods. Uh, now the Omicron, Omicron and every well, you know there's hey by the way I've got a little inside information on this uh, this virus. Well, not really inside information, but I have a good friend, a long long friend. I've known him since high school. Who is a uh, I, I will protect his identity a little bit, but he is a uh, expert in community health. He teaches. Uh, uh, in the graduate school of a major university. And uh, he thinks we're going to get nailed with this for a couple of months. Now, his disclaimer, this isn't his area of expertise, but, you know, obviously his colleagues, this is. And he is saying that, um, you know, what? well, we, you know, if you just read, you know, if, if you read beyond the funny papers or uh, uh, Facebook, you'll realize that people are saying this variant, though not as serious in terms of getting sick, it's extremely contagious and yeah and they're kicking around like measles contagious that's people that's what i've heard people whispering that that's like one of the most contagious diseases now I, there's no reason to panic but he his whole thing was you know this is gonna you know like you and i've you and i've had personal conversation you're okay until you're not right right and, right, and the, exactly and the unvaccinated the elderly uh he, he says it's probably inevitable gonna be a lot of breakthrough cases we've had you know, uh, a couple in the church this week, breakthrough cases. So, um, yeah. And we here in New Jersey are, you know, I'm in New Jersey. We're one of the more vaccinated places and one of the more careful. I mean, I think uh, most people say that Governor Murphy has done a really good job, except the anarchists and libertarians, but, and they don't like anything. So, um, uh, your friends, the libertarians. Uh, I got a lot. Some of my best friends are libertarians. But no, I'm serious. So, um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, like this is part of this whole, you know, one of the things during Advent, one sermon I talked about the difference between hope, the hope that we talk about uh, in Advent and the hope of the coming good of God, the coming glory, the coming triumph of God, as Dr. Becker used to call it, uh, and, and optimism. <laughs> Those are two really different things. Yeah, they, hope and optimism are really different. Really different. And I think everybody, well, all right, so we're going to be better. Everything's going to be better. But, you know, viruses mutate. And uh, and the fact that there's still significant pockets of the population not vaccinated, you know, that doesn't help these, you know, that doesn't help this uh, at all. And, uh, you know, some of these variants started in, in other world countries that didn't have the access to vaccinations. Many people who'd be happy to be vaccinated, they had the opportunity that people in our country did. So it's going to, uh, his his thinking, it's going to be, a, he thinks we're going to hit a couple of rough months here. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I would think, I mean, it, it's, yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's going to be, uh, and again, the, the, I, I think we're not talking lethality 
for most people. Although for some, I mean, again, yeah. it, it is, I mean, it, you know, you never know. And, and it's, you know, well, you, you and I were talking about, you know, you, you were doing some re- reading about people that have long-term seem to be some brain damage from this. Yeah. Uh, you and I uh, know a person from years ago whose daughter has whatever they call it, what they call it, the chronic COVID yeah. syndrome. And is in this young girl, this young woman's in bad shape from this. And uh, so, um, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, there, again, we get people, a lot of people die from the flu every year. Um, and so this is, um, yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, it's funny. We, we, uh, we had a conversation about this uh, with our staff because you know, we're facing Christmas Eve and, you know, you're sitting there, you're going, you don't want to overreact. Uh, you know, basically in this, you know, the church had made this decision before I became part of the staff. You know, they're going to follow the governor's guidelines. And, you know, the New Jersey governor has been very, uh, you know, conservative about um, safety, on you know, erring on the side of safety. But, you know, you never, there are some people who think that's been too stringent. Other people think we're crazy for letting vaccinated people in the sanctuary without masks. So, you know, it's it's a hard one. You you know, the science enough is hard, but you take away all the, gosh, all the baggage that accompanies this. It's just, um, can you imagine if, that's if if we were dealing with if this time period we live in if night if 2021 was dealing with polo or polio I meant um, we would we would still have uh, wings full of iron lungs I mean with the mentality we have oh yeah yeah, yeah. and we would never deal with polo it's just not American polo right? <laughs> I think I think what you should do is you get like a rabbit and you ask people to pull their mask down. And breathe into the rabbit's face three times. And if it lives, you go in the sanctuary. You're fine. <laughs> this is just why, you know, it's it's an armchair. It's kind of, uh, it's what, what they're doing in Mar-a-Lago. What, I mean, what, I think in Mar-a-Lago, they take somebody from the wait staff. That's what I'm sure. <laughs> and you blow into the person's. Yeah. After they, right before they give you your beautiful chocolate cake. Yeah, one of, one of the uh, less than legal uh, workers there yeah no yeah we had sheep we had sheep at the living nativity maybe we just have someone you know, pet the sheep, sheep. it's fine, it's sheep. fine. check the sheep you yeah know, you just kind of do the you know I, I think that's what you do i mean these are things it's, this instills confidence in people they see the breathing sheep they feel better right there we go just making people have a little confidence in the system hey you know what's something all right so what we cover you know what's something that uh I, it's funny that people forgot forgot what inflation was right <laughs> right 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 Right. I mean, I remember, uh, yeah, I mean, some crazy inflation back in in uh, in, the, in the 80s and other times. So it's kind of funny. You know, I was uh, what well, was like people. I remember when I had my first church after seminary was in Midland, Texas. And before the oil bust, people were buying borrowing money at 18 to 20 percent interest to drill oil because they thought it was going to hit one hundred dollars a barrel back there. And then the oil price collapsed, and it was selling for like twelve dollars a barrel. Wow! So, so there was like a New York Times uh, or either Wall Street Journal or New York Times where there were literally people living in the Rolls Royces in Midland, Texas. <laughs> That's a nice way to go, and then nice uh, seats. Yeah, but there was so inflation, um, and that yeah. was a big warning. I mean, this is interesting because this was the fear, right? With some of the sure spending that we were doing, and you know, which I'm thinking, look. You know, I I don't think it was um, imprudent for the government to do some of the spending, but then but then at what point do you 
also just sort of like, which I think has happened. I mean, uh, you know, there has been some sort of, all right, we've got, we got the reins right now. And if you're the Democrats, you're thinking, look, we're not going to have them long because I mean, I would guess if you're a gambling person, you know, I, I would bet, you know, all the money in my pocket versus all the money in your pocket that the Republicans will take the house next fall. I mean, that's just statistically, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just the way things are. And so, you know, I mean, you know, I think the Democrats are saying, let's let it ride. We've got this thing. We've got it. You know, it's the, it's the, it's the Rahm Emanuel, never let a good crisis go to waste. And we've got a kind of crisis and people are in the mood, I think, to see government work, right? Okay. Hey, we're, we're in a crisis. We're in a problem. This is a time where I think if you're a person who believes that government spending can do good things, you know, that actually the government, you know, is, it, it doesn't just have a negative restraining kind of function, but actually can improve people's lives. I mean, this is the kind of season where you're like, all right, let's let this ride. And the question is, you know, is, and I think Joe Manchin is an interesting, no, if you, if you, if you had told me that the two most powerful se- senators and political figures of the country would be a former football store from star from West Virginia and a bisexual blonde from Arizona. I would have not picked this. <laughs> I would I would say that uh, Julius Caesar Caesar is on at the gates of the city. If that was the yeah, case. but but I think though, in fairness, I think that Mansion is probably voicing whether you agree with him or, or, or disagree with him. Right? I mean, there's a significant block of the country that I think he's, he's voicing their concerns. And, um, and he's a function of this, the good, and I'm from West Virginia, that the good people of West Virginia consistently vote against their self-interest. At least that's been the case for the last 20 years. So what did we come up with about a hundred? I forget when it was, it had to be almost like 50 or 60 episodes ago. We had a quote about mansion. He's always there. If you don't need him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he uh, he's he is serving his constituency, um, the, um, you know, the fossil fuel industry. Yeah. 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 That's his, he's not not the people, not the people, not the miners, but the people that contribute his money, the people who are helping ruin the planet. So, Joe, good. I hope you're uh, I hope your grandchildren can tread water. Hey, clean coal, dude. Clean coal. right? Clean coal. <laughs> clean coal. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. You show me a piece of coal that you can pick up and your fingers don't get dirty. And that's the day I'll believe in clean coal. Every <laughs> piece of coal I've ever, whether it's burned or not burned, you pick it up, your hands yeah, get dirty. How can you have clean coal? A little bit of that good Pennsylvania anthracite sometimes isn't so bad, but there's not much of that left. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, just go, go clean just, coal. Just fly to China and then try to breathe. <laughs> exactly. I, I yeah. prefer not to. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've heard to breathe, but not yeah, for no, trying to breathe. Yeah, breathing's I, good. Breathing's good. All right. Well, there we go. So, uh, interesting political year. We shall see what happens. All right. Should we venture into the realm of uh, what was interesting about the religious community in 2021? Well, what is interesting? Uh, we've got a. Well, I, I don't know. Is it, is it an interesting religious year? I mean, I think we've. You know, uh, what, what's been interesting religiously? Franklin well, that, Graham has not become a better person. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a surprise. Um, <laughs> uh, it looks like um, 
many of the American Catholic Roman Catholic bishops want to bring back Franco. We got a little bit of that going. Well, I don't know they, what, look, what happened. I don't know what happened that much. Remember, I, well, you were younger, but man, there was you know in the eighties, those guys were part of the conscience of the nation. I'm not sure. Of course, then you know that we didn't realize they were covering up horrible things. So I don't know. You know, it's um, anyway. That's I. Uh, you know, again, I think. Uh, from an ecumenical perspective, I think what the, the Pope's meeting with the, you know, um, uh, patriarch of Constantinople, that was big, significant. Big. Big. That was very big. Yeah. I mean, uh, in terms of, of things that Americans don't even know what that means, but I, I think in terms of Christianity, that's, that's significant. What about, um, you know, in your conversations and also there's been plenty of articles about the, uh, large number of people, ministers are either, uh, exiting or thinking about exiting. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's a real thing. I, uh, you know, I spent time, you know, I'm, I'm um, thanks be to God, no longer in my denominational uh, role, but uh, just doing my other job, just doing a job now. But, uh, you know, in, in looking at just in a small segment of uh, folks in, in my very small corner of the world, a lot of burnout, uh, you know, again, it, it, you know, these working in churches were, was not easy in, in these years pre-COVID in terms of particularly in declining situations and which, you know, almost all churches now, I mean, it doesn't matter what the denomination is or non-denomination or theological orientation, most all churches are declining. And I think COVID was, for some people, has pushed them over the edge a little bit. So Yeah, I think it basically fast-forwarded a 10-year social trend. Yeah. Something that would have taken maybe five to 10 years, who knows, in different congregations, but I think it fast forwarded where people were just demoralized. They don't want to be on zoom screens all the time. They don't want to be, you know, and, and people that would have gotten out of the game anyway, it, it, yeah. it, it, it fast forwarded a kind of process. Well, you know, one of the things that's interesting, I mean, um, and we've probably talked around this subject in the course of our podcasting, you know, there are different people are drawn to ministry for different reasons. And, um, and certainly most people in ministry enjoy human interactions, uh, um, you know, want to help people. I mean, uh, if you are doing this work to get affirmation, that's a, that's that's a wrong road to go down. But, you know, we all like affirmation in our work. You know, I had one person say to me, you know, what was so hard about them during for them during COVID is um, they they needed to be needed. And it turned out we're not so vital. <laughs> In some ways, I, I, you know, I think that's, that was a challenge for people. You know, for me, it was a problem that needed to be solved. So there was part of it that energized, you know, you and I have been talking, you know, talked a lot about this through the last year, but I get it. You know, it's in a, in a, in a job, it's really hard. And I think you throw in the cocktail, not only COVID, not only the, the, um, the statistical trends, but just, I think the Trump administration and, the even greater politicizing of issues within churches um, was hard for people. I mean, I think it's, I think down the road, probably after I'm gone, maybe while you're still here, people are going to write, if they haven't already started, write dissertations comparing what happened to mainstream, mainline, the religious left because of the politics of the sixties, what that did to their attendance and their, um, uh, institutions, people are going to look at this. What, what, um, starting really starting with Falwell in 1980, 
but really in some many ways culminating in um, the Trump administration and basically the evangelicals getting the judges that they wanted. I mean, the the quest from 1980 um, was finally fulfilled in um, 2020. So I, yeah, I mean, and, and people are already writing that. I mean, not with the Trumps. Well, I I don't know actually. I'm trying to think if if but but yeah, that work has been very clearly done. The 60s, 80s thing, but right. most of it was done pre-Trump. Um, right. No, I've, yeah. I've seen it. But I, I think what we don't know is, you know, it, it took in mainline churches, uh, you know, it it uh, it was already happening when I began my career in a mainline church and you started yours after mine. Uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, you're going to have to kind of so, you know, this is it's it's been it's been going on my entire career. So you're really going to have to see you know, what, how things look, you know, 20 years from now, I think. And that'll, that'll be an interesting thing to see. Cause if, if the same thing happens and my intuition kind of says it, it will in some version of it, then I think uh, the religious right will learn the hard lesson will, will have had to experience and not learn the lesson that the religious left uh, should have learned in the 1960s and seventies. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, I I don't know though. Is it because it's interesting? You know. I, okay, so you look at um, the atheists on cable news, and there are a couple of them. Se Cup is a prominent atheist on CNN. Greg Gutfeld is another one on Fox, and they they are they play to the religious crowd. They're not anti-religion. You know, Essie Cup wrote a book defending religion. She's an atheist. You know, right. um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that the same thing is going to go on. Well, but maybe it will, maybe it won't. I mean, it, it, it it's, I mean, look, we have a general secularizing trend in the right. country, right? We're right. getting closer to Western Europe. And, and and the UK and Canada. I mean, we're going in that direction, but there are pockets of the country that are fervently still religious. And well, could it could it be this is just a corrective? I mean, in some levels, maybe post, you know, the post World War II was an aberration. I mean, it, it certainly if you describe, you know, what was America like in a you know, religious client, what was the religious America like in 1782 or 1790? That's you know, or the first year of the Republic. It was not a particularly. It was not a practicing religious country. No, the highest church attendance in in the history of the country was the early 1960s. Right. So there could be a sense where you 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 know there's always been you know there's always been deep pockets of of conviction and you could argue disproportionately influential. You know, for instance, you know we've talked before. I mean, uh, the Presbyterians, which is something you know you and I both worked with, um, disproportionately influential. As opposed to its numbers, yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and you know, in terms of, I forget how many. I when Eisenhower was baptized right before he was inaugurated and joined the Presbyterian Church, and I, you know, there was a lot of Presbyterians in Congress in the fifties and sixties. So there's nothing more fitting than Eisenhower becoming a Presbyterian. It's <laughs> so milk toast to milk toast. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it's just great. Like you couldn't imagine Kennedy being a Presbyterian or LBJ, but Eisenhower. It's like the Presbyterian Louisville open arms. This is our guy. Well, but you know what's interesting too is it was a pretty sincere conversion kind of thing he went through. 
Uh, if you ever, he, you know, he, I mean, um, it, he's a, he's an interesting guy, by the way, get, I, this is my theory about, you know, if we could do a time machine hundred years forward and people are doing comparative presence, I think Eisenhower and Obama are going to occupy a similar space. Eisenhower had Anabaptist roots at Messiah college or went to college. The main campus center was called the Eisenhower campus center. Yeah. And it was uh, like w- like his grandfather or something was one of these Mennonite farmers that these people died. They, they never spent a penny. They die and they have millions of dollars and they bequeathed right. at the Messiah College. And so they had the Eisenhower Campus Center. His his cousin was a neighbor of my grandparents in, in Headsville, West Virginia. So we used to, uh, I spent my childhood driving by the Eisenhower Farm. I just love it at Pacifist Anabaptist College. <laughs> the, the, the student center is called the Eisenhower Center. I just wish there was a tank in the middle of the square. <laughs> That's, we, that would be, uh, you know, uh, Penn Charter should have uh, the patent building. Exactly. It'd be great. Yeah, the patent building. Attack, attack, attack. Yeah, very good. So, yeah, I, it's an interest. I think, um, yeah, I, I still think there's a, a sorting out going on. And, um, yeah, yeah, the splintering of, of you yeah, know, the, the post, whatever whatever post you want to fill it in. We're a lot of post things going on. I think 2021 still did that. And I, I still think there's a sense where I, I do think a lot of, at least, uh, a lot of Christians are just trying to find what ground to stand on. I think it's, uh, I think it's, a, uh, you know, um, one of the things I, I've really, uh, for me, this Advent, I've been reading a lot of uh, different journals from from uh, most. I mean, these were priests um, who ended up dying um, during World War II who were imprisoned. And one of the things I've consistently said, you know, you have to be able to if you can't preach your Advent sermon in a prison cell in Tegel prison or in the blown apart uh, church somewhere in Kentucky for the hurricane or the tornadoes, then you're probably preaching the wrong Advent sermon. And I think that to me, there's this opportunity. Um, I don't know. I think the opportunity, I mean, we, you know, again, I mentioned you this morning on a devotional I did online, our reading of Thomas Salik. In other words, I think uh, we need to be humble in terms of, of, the failures of, of, you know, Western Christianity, uh, humble, intellectually humble in all the different things floating around out there. Um, but then also go down deeper to what's right and what, or what's, what's, what's the bedrocks of our faith. And I think uh, the absurdity of, of God becoming flesh to me is one of those anchoring places that, so I think, you know, we end 2021 the same way we end every, um, calendar year with the beginning of the liturgical calendar. In other words, the end of this year, maybe the end, uh, you know, I'm very concerned about the environment. I'm very concerned about the future of our republic. So I worry um, because I love my grandchildren and and um, I worry about the world that they'll be adults in. But I don't worry about the, the kingdom of God. Um, and um, the Advent candles were, were lit um, as the Muslims were conquering all the areas around them, the Advent candles were lit during the plague. Um, the Advent candles were lit if they had them during the Thirty Year War, and um, uh, and when they had a candle, they didn't even have candles, but they they meditated on the Advent candles in Tegel Prison. And I think the same thing is ca- is the case in the last days of 2021. 
in our troubled republic here in North America. Were the advent candles lit when they made Ghostbusters too? I don't know, but I do want to see the new Ghostbusters movie. It does look good. It does look it good. It's very we got good. Paul Rudd. We got you know. We got a lot of people coming. We got Bill Murray. I love the creativity of the story, and uh, so I'm uh, you know. So there we go. We got that going for us. We've got which is Advent. nice. As Bill we Murray the, would say, "I got that we, going for me," which is we got, nice. We got the incarnation of 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 the immortal God, and we also have a a new Ghostbusters movie. What else could you want? And we have right. Bill Murray's in it. Uh, everybody from the original. Yeah, Except Harold Ramis, because Ramis is he, dead. Yeah, a blessed memory. Yeah, so. yeah Ramis is just brilliant. Uh, it looks like a very creative read during. So I, I think, uh, by the way, one other plug, go uh, watch on Disney Plus The Rescue, maybe the best document, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. You want to talk about there? You there is a. Um, you're going to be. Uh, you know, I, I try not to use the word miraculous when it comes to natural events, but man, oh man. You're going to be tempted to say that during during that. Uh, at any rate, so I don't know that I'm going to watch it. I don't know. I'm not like a guy. A document. I don't know. Like, this, uh, I, I, I'm just telling you, it is one of the best things I've I've seen. So. I've got a tough time. I can't get. I can't get. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I give it a shot. But I, I it's, it's tough. I, I get. If I get through my first ten minute threshold on documentaries, right. some I like. Some I like. I mean, like, right. Well, I, I, uh, it's not I think my favorite genre. It's, well, I don't watch a lot of them, but this, uh, this is, uh, this was a good one. So I, there's Did my. Did you see it in the theater? Uh, no, no, I watched it on. Streamed it? Yes, I watched it. It's on Disney Plus. Are so. theaters done? That's the other thing. Like, I think. I so, like going to theater. I went to see the new James Bond movie to theater. Great movie. Great, great film. Great, great film. film. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. Fitting, uh, fitting. And absolutely. Absolutely fitting. Absolutely fitting. Uh, yeah, I mean, very satisfying. My favorite James Bond. I, but I re I rewatched actually um, was it yesterday maybe. I rewatched one of the Pierce Brosnan films, and I just keep thinking every time I see a Pierce Brosnan film, I think the same thing. This guy could have been great if he got Daniel Craig's scripts. Oh yeah, he, I mean, he they, got yeah. terrible scripts. Those those Brosnan films were so cartoonish. And he's, I like him. He's a, he's a very likable. He was great. He's great. And the stuff he was in post Bond, he's a great, great, he's, he can play the hero, play the anti-hero. He he was really good. There was a TV, his, his, his start was a TV movie uh, or a TV show, Remington Steel. Remington Steel. He was great in Remington Steel. He was great in that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a devout Catholic, by the way. And, uh, but he just got really bad scripts. Bad I mean, scripts. I, I think Daniel Craig, not, not to take away from Daniel Craig's acting, because he, I, I he's think a great actor. Yeah. he's just amazing. And I think they are actually the best Bond films. I mean, Sean Connery is amazing, but they're the best as films, as actual films, they're the best. Um Irish mind. <laughs> Come on, Trebek. Trebek. So your mother said last night, Trebek. But I think that um, that really, that Brosnan, had he come along at the time when they wanted to make it grittier and more realistic. Sure. And well, but that's not Brosnan the time. Brosnan could have been. Yeah, he could have. It's not the time he was in. that. The, the, his, he's in the remake of the Thomas Crown Affair, which is really good. Great that's, film. That's a great, great film. Great film. Both of them. 
both both the original and and his remake is uh, awesome. Wait, uh, yeah, 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 because he was the because the original one was Steve McQueen. Steve right? McQueen, right, right, yeah. All right, so it looks like we're advocating go back and look, watch old movies. Watch old yeah. movies, and and so you're saying theaters because I'm wondering if theaters will become if if once the if we get out of this in the next couple of years, or whatever, out of the pandemic kind of nightmare, that will theaters become re invigorated in the sense of it's a treat it's all it's already though becoming a treat yeah because yeah, it's really the, expensive to go to the movies and the chairs are nice but they're you know the people are doing the you know you're doing you know you're listening to you can go for a broadway play you can go for the opera and ballet and things like that so i i think though it's kind of like bookstores remember everybody was ready to say bookstores are gone right right and they're still there yeah still there yeah yeah so any rate well, brother, as always, I have enjoyed this journey with you. So Thank you. I don't know what we said. Well, then, then we're doing our best work. Oh, we said right? it. We, we said it. <laughs> well, we, you know, hope, right? Hope. Yeah, hope hey, right? We got hope. We got hope. All right. So, what? Uh, by the way, what episode are we on? Do we remember? We are on. Let me pull this up on the internet right here. This is what's great. I can just pull this up. We are at two. This will be episode two. 194. Our last episode we did was about Kyle Rittenhouse. What a lovely figure. Oh, yes. <laughs> Boy, we keep. Hey, and thank you for your cards and letters on that one. Uh, yeah, very <laughs> you're inspired. You're keeping us going. We're keeping us going. But uh, so 2022. We'll By the way, he went to Mar a Lago. Well, of course, that's where he should be. Trump said he's a lovely young man. I was very impressed. <laughs> I, heard, I, I, heard, I heard that there's talk about him, about him replacing Eric. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, look, even Don Jr. I mean, I think, look, he couldn't fill Ivanka's shoes. No. Because, uh, well, first off, he couldn't walk in pumps, but right. uh, he could pump a gun, but he a shotgun. <laughs> he could pump, but, but, I don't, but, you know, it, yeah, I mean, it's really, uh, but just like Trump was just like, it's just it's the greatest pander in the world. He's a lovely guy. He's fantastic. He was a very impressive young man. And I'm thinking, what specifically was impressive? <laughs> like, did you ask him to do a little trigonometry? Did he juggle for you? Uh, you really were amazed at his knowledge of, you know, the Holy Roman Empire. Um, he had great dental hygiene. I mean, what was it specifically that made him a very, imp- he's a very impressive young man. He can, he, he can kill unarmed people with the best of them. Exactly. Who can <laughs> who can't do that with an AR fifty? <laughs> right. I mean, really, that's a that's a very now. Uh, now, look, if you're running around with a thirty eight snub nose, you know, and you're re- you're reloading a lot. I mean, that's it's, it's tragic, but it's at least saying like, all right, you got some manual dexterity. I think the AR fifteen really it 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 kind of it kind of kills people right. itself. You, yeah. you put you put somebody behind an AR fifteen. It really it's it's like uh, when they say the car drives itself. The gun really drives itself. Uh, yeah. No, this does feel this feels like the kind of podcast that you would do as Julius Caesar was camped outside the gates. <laughs> <laughs> it feels it, it kind of feels like, hey, you know, and Pompey seems to be on board with this, right? Uh, hey, look at this. Hey, look look at this. going on. I'm hey, and, and talk about and Mark Anthony bringing back the fun to killing once again. So it's all good. Look at the uniforms of these guys. They know, are, who's better dressed? They look good. They look good. They look good in dresses. All right, man. Well, Merry Christmas to you, brother. Merry Merry Christmas Christmas to all of you. See y'all. How about that episode of New Persuasive Words? Thanks so much for joining Scott and Bill. We hope you enjoyed the conversation.